Welcome in to another edition of the Orange and Blue Review. I am Charlie Hatch and joined by Alex Deck, and we are ready for a match day tonight. Heck yeah, it's a late one, another late one, but it's all right on a, on a hot streak right now. Two straight wins, two straight shutouts. Team is feeling good. Um, good opportunity tonight against the Portland Timbers, a team uh, FC Cincinnati doesn't face very often. You know, they've only faced them once before. In the good memories, home. good memories. Yes. Yes, great memories. Um, actually, Kendall Lawson is one of the interviews that will feature on tonight's uh, pregame show. So great chatting with him about, you know, his, his goal last year, of course, the first goal scored at Nimbert Stadium in MLS. So it's an exciting night for him, and hopefully we get to see more exciting goals tonight. For sure. Yeah, this is a, an interesting moment. Obviously, FC Cincinnati loses their first game to Columbus 4-0. But they basically reset, have a whole new defensive identity. They beat Atlanta United. Then they beat the New York Red Bulls. They get second in Group E. And that's where they enter today's game against a Portland team that won its group. But the players have made it kind of clear that they feel like all the pressure is on Portland tonight. Absolutely. I was, you know, you'll hear it later on in this podcast. Great conversation with defender Andrew Gutman. But, I mean, I agree with him. They come in the favorites, kind of like every team that FC Cincinnati have faced so far in this tournament. So, yeah, the, the pressure's on them. And I think that puts Cincinnati in, in a great position to get another um, good result. Obviously, no points out of this one that count toward the regular season. But definitely bragging rights. And there's still a lot on the table if you continue to advance in the tournament. No, there is for sure. And what we're also seeing from this team is its ability to find an identity. We were wondering what it would look like when they entered MLS's back tournament. Not a lot of time for head coach Rob Stom to implement things. But then he goes from that possessive 4-3-3 to that 5-3-2. And it looks like Cincinnati know what they are, and now other teams need to figure them out. Absolutely. And and I think that's one of the greatest things that Yapstan brings to the table is he's being realistic with this team, with this roster. He knows what he has and he's playing to this team's strengths. Of course, any coach can come in and say, I want to play the beautiful game. I want to possess and have, you know, 60% possession and control the game and create a ton of chances. But be realistic with the strength of the players that you have. You have center backs that are very strong, physical. Um, they can win aerial duels. They're not the fastest guys that can turn around and, and play and control the space that's around them. So have three center backs, have guys working off of each other and look to defend first, win the ball, and then capitalize on your opponent's mistakes. So I think it's, it's fantastic that he's being realistic and he, he is playing to this team's strengths because that's how you're going to win games at the end of the day. No, for sure. And the, that ability to adapt is it's great. I mean, you look at it, honestly, we've seen – kind of like a revitalized FC Cincinnati. But then you look at another team like Atlanta where you had a coach that wasn't really adapting and it didn't go well. I'm, this isn't really us to talk about Frank DeBoer, but it's just saying credit to Cincinnati. One, Yopstam saying, look, this isn't what works in our system. We need to adjust. Mm -hmm. And credit to the players. You know, We haven't seen a lot of Caleb Stanko at all. Caleb Stanko comes into that midfield. He fits the defensive mindset. And he's had a really nice tournament so far. He's done really well. I've, I've been impressed with him. Yeah, I think these have been some of his, his best games we've seen from him by far in, in an orange and blue uniform. So I think he's done a great job. And I've been really impressed. I mentioned this last week, too, about Frankie Amaya's defensive work. Um, you talk about Harris Madunian and what he brings to the table. Again, another guy who is he's a very talented distributor, great communicator. Um, he's 
good at, at winning, you know, closing spaces down and winning balls, but he's again, not one of the fastest guys in MLS. So play to their strengths. And, and that's what Yap is, is doing. And one of the guys that we'll talk to momentarily, Andrew Gutman, he has also been able to flourish in this system. So it's been awesome to see some of these guys who, and he mentions it, you know, in previous games, in previous, you know, last season, he wasn't always put in the best position to be able to show what he's capable of. And so to see these players being able to play to their strengths and seeing them come alive is, is, has been wonderful, honestly, in this tournament. No, for sure. And it's the perfect time to mention that with Andrew Gutman. That is our guest on the show. So let's transition right into him. Before that, a quick word from our partners and our interview with FC Cincinnati left back Andrew Gutman. However you're connecting at home, make sure you're doing it at the speed of fiber. With the only fiber network in town, Cincinnati Bell gives you the fastest internet with speeds up to a gig, the bandwidth you need to support all your devices at once, and whole home Wi-Fi to keep your whole home connected. That means your entire household can work, learn, listen, stream, game, binge watch, and browse from anywhere in the house, all at the same time without buffering or delays. Cincinnati Bell, powered by fiber to power your connected life. Hello and welcome into an interview segment on the Orange and Blue Review. Alex and I are joined by Andrew Gutman, FC Cincinnati's left back. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We are good. We are good. So how's everything been for you guys now that the group stage is done, looking ahead into Portland? Um, I guess if you had to summarize everything that's taking place, how would you describe it? Um, turbulent. Uh, you know, there was a lot of ups and downs off the field. And then obviously our first game on the field wasn't wasn't great. So we got off to a bad start. Um, but then, you know, we, we stuck together as a team and, you know, we got through the group stage, which I don't think anyone in the league expected us to get through. Um, but, you know, we believed in our system and, and we had a lot of confidence in how we were playing. And, and we showed it in the final two games, beating Atlanta and New York. What do you think was was key in that um, throughout that time span where you talk about just, you know, sticking together and believing in yourselves? Um, I think the biggest thing was just like buying into the system, what Yap was telling us and and believing in, a, in our system and, and who we have um, in terms of personnel on the team. Um, you know, to, to lose 4-0 the first game it, it kind of is like a slap in the face and it can go one of two ways. It can go, you know, you lose 4-0, then you lose 2-0 and then 3-0. So it can go very negative or it can go, you can kind of hit the reset button and turn it into a positive and come back the next match, um, you know, with a different mentality of, you know, it doesn't matter. We lost 4-0. We still have two games to get out of the group stage. Um, and so that was the mentality we took into the final two games and it worked out well for us. So here in Cincinnati, watching the game on TV, um, as soon as Atlanta goes down a man, the broadcasters are immediately saying, FC Cincinnati, need a push, need a push, need a push. Like, but it, you guys were doing something that was working. You had patience, obviously. I'm curious for you on the field, not necessarily in that moment, but just since you've switched to this system, how much of it is communication or discipline and knowing that you have to stay compact? I mean, how much different is it from what you're doing against Columbus? Yeah, it's it's completely different. I think the biggest thing to be successful in the system we are is communication and discipline. Um, you know, sitting sitting back basically against a lot of teams, there's 
there's times during the game where you just want to take the ball and, and push forward and, and take the initiative because you've been defending so much. But if you do that at the wrong moments, um, you can get exposed in the back and teams can take advantage of it. So, you know, the biggest thing for us was just uh, stick to our system. Um, even when Atlanta went down, uh, you know, one man, they still had very quality players up top that could pick us apart if we were left exposed. Um, and so it was, it was kind of the mindset. I've talked about this before with, uh, with some other people, but one of the things Jop told us was, um, you know, if we don't give up a goal, the, the worst thing that could happen is we draw um, and, we, and we get a point. So, you know, when you, when you struggled as much as you did last year and the beginning of this year in terms of leaking goals, I think that's the best place to start is just, you know, lock down defensively and then you can build a foundation from that in terms of being more aggressive, um, you know, in a attack and, and connect more plays but you get there you, you have to be solid defensively to give yourself a chance in any game do you feel like that's helped just being realistic as a group as a team you know you talk about like everyone of course goes into a game wanting to win but for Yap to say look the worst that can happen is is we get a draw and to play with five in the back to have more kind of security with with three center backs and then build up once you feel confident in what you're doing or, or picking the right moments to go forward. It may not be building up every single play, but when you have the opportunity to do so, do you feel like that's kind of helped with the group's belief in themselves and um, being able to, to be successful? Yeah, I think, you know, what, what we've done the last two games is, is the identity of the group and, um, you know, the best system for us to play in terms of personnel. Um, you know, you, you look at leagues across the world, you have Man City, Liverpool, Manchester United, all these teams that are, you know, very heavily um, possession-based teams and, and really, um, you know, attack a lot and, and keep the ball and, you know, have it for 70% of the game. But then you look at some of the teams like, um, you know, lower in the table, like Aston Villa, Bournemouth, uh, those type of teams that, you know, don't have the quality of players to be able to keep possession, but the way they survive is to be locked down defensively and then catch teams, you know, slipping. There's, there's always moments in the game, no matter how defensive or offensive you are, that you're going to be exposed. Um, so for us being so defensive, it's us finding those moments where the other team is exposed and, and countering on it. And the perfect example was uh, the first goal in New York, you know, we were sitting back for, the first 35 minutes of the game, um, we were able to break out one time, establish a little bit of possession, and then force a mistake on them. And we were up 1-0 um, in a really good position going into the half. And, you know, I'm sure if everyone was watching it, no one would have expected us to go up 1-0 at halftime. But, you know, that just shows that that's the system we have to play right now. And, and we all believe and we're confident in, in that system. Do you feel like that's allowed you to, to shine also? Because... You're, you're great going forward, but I feel like one of your biggest strengths is 1v1 defending. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it, it, I do enjoy going forward a lot, but in the system, you have to, you have to defend a lot. And, and, you know, for me, especially in the system, it's able to, to show my qual qualities defensively. I think, you know, a lot of people have questioned my defensive abilities over, over the past couple last year and then into this year um, just because you know we were leaking so many goals and we were getting exposed in situations but now um, I feel a lot more confident in my defensive abilities um, not just 1v1 but knowing that if I get beat that there's you know three other guys behind me that are going to cover for me and I think um, 
you know, that, that um, mentality of, you know, we're a team. It's not just, uh, you know, you versus one other player in a 20-yard space. And if you don't win the ball, they're going to score. Um, so that's a huge difference going from last year into this year is just uh, I feel like as a team, we're way more connected. Um, we play together a lot more and we understand um, each other's spacings, abilities, and what to do in uh, any situation. In that scenario, um, how much of this is it like, do you guys have to sit down because Yop hasn't been here very long? Uh, obviously, there's a quick turnaround from Columbus to Atlanta. Is it like you guys sit together and you're like, okay, this is what we're going to do and this is the best thing to help us out? Is it Yop saying, hey, we're switching things up? Um, how do you go from playing one style to kind of playing the opposite so quickly and then it just it works effectively? Yeah, I think, you know, Yacht being the manager, he's the boss, obviously. So whatever whatever he says, we have to do. Um, you know, but the thing that um, I will give him credit for is switching the formations from Columbus to Atlanta in such a short turnaround. He really um, instilled belief in us that, you know, this system is going to work. If if we do this, um, like like I said, if we, if we lock down defensively, the worst thing that could happen is we're going to give a draw. Um, so for me and a lot of the guys, it was, it was believing that, um, Yap knew that this was the right system given on our given who we have as a team, um, and then it was just our job to go out and execute it. Um, you know, because you can, you know, the manager can give you any system, um, tell you to do this, tell you to do that, but it's not going to work if one the players don't believe and if they don't execute it. Um, so those are the biggest two things that, you know, as a manager, you have to give your players is the belief that this system is going to work, and then the the confidence that they can go out and execute it against anyone in the in the league. So you talk about executing it against anyone in the league, obviously. Um, next opponent tonight against Portland Timbers. Um, round of 16, you know, it's win or go home. What is your take on Portland? I feel like watching them, and we don't see them very frequently because they're a Western Conference team, and especially with everything that's, that's happening now, um, a team that you're not going to run into many times throughout the year. So um, what do you see from them strength-wise? I feel like they have a good amount of depth. Um, and, and how do you compare this game to one like Red Bulls where maybe Portland are stronger at, you know, taking shots from distance, maybe don't, you don't sit back as deep against them? Yeah, I think that you have to approach every single game differently, no matter if you're, you're in the same system. Um, obviously, Portland has a, a lot of quality um, going forward in terms of attack. They have um, a very, very good team. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I said before, no one expected us to be in this situation. So, you know, all the pressures on Portland to uh, to beat us in advance. And I think when you have that amount of pressure of, oh, you should win this game, I think that could take a toll on, on a team and they can start forcing um, passes, forcing shots, um, forcing plays that they shouldn't do. Um, and hopefully if they do that, that we could take advantage and counter. I think, you know, Portland's a really good team, but I think they leave them themselves exposed a little bit in the back in possession um, because they do push for, um, numbers forward so much. So if we can just stay disciplined um, and not get rattled like uh, we did in the Red Bull game, you know, in the Red Bull game, the first 15 minutes, I don't even think I touched the ball until, you know, like the 16th or 17th minute mark. But, um, you know, I was composed. Everyone else was composed in the back and, and we were just patient and waiting for our moment. And that's the same thing we have to do with Portland. Playing against Portland, um, I'm curious. So you guys obviously beat the Red Bulls. Did you then watch the LAFC Portland game after that, or is it just kind of like you wait and you say, okay, whoever we're going to play, that's who we need to adjust for? 
Yeah, I mean, you watch all the games just because there's nothing to do in the bubble. Um, <laughs> I watch, <laughs> I watched the first half, um, and then I fell asleep. Um, but you know, I knew whoever we were going to go up against was going to be a very tough opponent. You know, Portland and LAFC are two of the bigger clubs in the MLS. They have, you know, a, a larger, um, a larger pool of players that are that bring a lot of quality to the team. Um, but like I said, it, it's not so much about who you're playing, but believing in in your system and and then scouting the other team and finding the right moments to catch them because you know no, <clears throat> no matter what team you play there's always going to be moments and situations that you can catch a team um you know even man city and liverpool two, two of the best clubs in the world they they leave themselves exposed at times in the games and so that's that's kind of what we have to take from it is i we have to you know stay composed um in, in moments of the game but at the same time when we when we pick our moments to go we have to go and we have to capitalize I'd say just one thing following up on that. Have you have you guys talked at all about the fact that FC Cincinnati is capitalizing on those moments? Like last year, there might be something, you know, you're waiting for it, you build up to it, and then just nothing happens. Whereas, you know, there's one just defensive mistake and Yuya Kubo takes advantage. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, the quality of players, I mean, Yuya is a DP. He's, he's played in bigs all over the world um, in training every day. He shows his quality. He's probably one of the, the most clinical finishers on our team. Um, and, you know, when you do capitalize on those moments, like even in the Atlanta game, uh, you know, Frankie's goal, we capitalize on a moment and in Red Bull. Um, so when you start to capitalize on those moments in back-to-back -back games, it gives you even more confidence in your ability to finish. Um, and I think right now that's, that's our biggest key right now is we just have so much confidence and belief in our system um, that it will work that I think when we do get the moments, we're going to know that, okay, we might not get this moment again. We have to finish it. Um, and I think that's the, the difference from last year going into this year. Um, you know, I was here a short time last year, but uh, for me, it felt like, all right, if we didn't finish one chance, oh, we're, we're going to get another one. Like that was, that was our mindset, even if it was false, but as, uh, you know, going into this year and the new system we developed, it's like, uh, we might get a chance in 15 minutes. And if we don't capitalize, then we're going to have to, you know, withhold a lot of pressure again. So I think that's the biggest thing is just knowing that when our moments do, might not come often, but we capitalize on them. What are you doing uh, here in the bubble? Like, what's the one thing that's helping you occupy your time off the field? Um, school. I'm finishing up my college degree right now. Um, and I'm taking two classes, two business classes. So it's a lot of reading and answering questions and papers and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's not the, the greatest thing to do in my free time, but I know that once I'm done with it, it will benefit me uh, a lot going forward. Yeah, and, and it's good. I mean, you got to take advantage of that free time and you're definitely benefiting from it. And then, yeah, finally, what is the, what's the one thing that you miss the most about being in Cincinnati? Um, probably the restaurants um you know pre-covid i really enjoyed going downtown otr and and kind of more i don't know if you'd call it like the business district or whatever more where like the tall buildings are there's there's a lot of good restaurants there and me and a couple of the players were we're going to dinner um quite often so i i really enjoyed that and i missed that part awesome well thank you so much for joining us hopefully you'll be getting dinner downtown soon all not the best. Hopefully not too soon. Not too soon. Yeah. Not too <laughs> soon. Oh, that's true. Yes. <laughs> Relatively speaking. But yeah. uh, thank you so much for joining us and good luck tonight against Portland. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
I feel that a lot of our patients are defined by their diagnosis, so being able to talk to them and know that they're valuable no matter what their diagnosis is. We know that they're fighting this fight and that they deserve to be here just as much as anybody else. Help save lives. Become an organ, eye, and tissue donor today at lifepassiton.org. Welcome back. We just had our interview with Andrew Gutman and we spoke about this right after Andrew was uh, off the Zoom call, but it's really nice hearing a player talking about tactics. A lot of times we do things that are off the field, but having us say, hey, or him say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what's working for us. And being honest for things that worked well last year and didn't work well. Uh, I thought it was really interesting to hear what he had to say. Absolutely. Andrew Gutman, very well spoken. I've um, really liked seeing him come more and more into the spotlight over the, you know, the last couple of weeks and the last few games here in this tournament. So um, I loved hearing him talk about how they're way more connected as a team. Um, he talks about the belief in this group and in the system and just believing that it's actually going to work and how great of a job Stom has done um, instilling that in these players. And I think, you know, I loved hearing him talk about, about Portland, you know, play to, again, play to the Cincinnati team strengths. Um, you know, Portland could leave themselves exposed in the back. That's when you capitalize on those options. So like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast about um, the pressure is on the Timbers right now. So that is, that's a great mindset for, for Cincinnati to go in, have this underdog mentality again. You know, they've been doubted throughout the entire tournament. So have them go in with this underdog mentality. And um, I, I really think that the Orange and Blue have a strong chance against Portland tonight. No, I, I totally agree. I think one of the – defensively, I think Cincinnati's been strong and solid. They, they've they mentioned, you know, one or two times they looked a little vulnerable against Red Bulls. That's going to happen. So as long as you can prevent that from leading to goals. But the one thing I've been impressed with was for as deep as Cincinnati's sitting, they are actually creating opportunities and they're scoring them. Like you look at last year's team and they might have one mistake and then they concede a goal. Like the Red Bulls, they have a one defensive mistake. Yu Kuba scores. FC Cincinnati concede nine corners to the Red Bulls. Cincinnati has one, and then Harris scores on it. Oh, well, it's an own goal. I mean, that everything that happened to them last year, they've been starting to do to other teams. So that's what I'm looking for to see if they can do this in this upcoming game as well. Is you are going to have opportunities. They aren't. They, you might not have a lot of them, but can they continue to capitalize on the limited chances that they've had? Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. I was having the same conversation with one of the coaches uh, this week after the last game was just saying how nice it was to to have that quality up front and have guys believe in themselves that they can finish. But yeah, you get a chance and you capitalize on it. it there's no doubt about it. And Satoshi Tatsumi, the, the team admin earlier this week was, you know, after the game had said, you, you was feeling it. I know he was feeling it. <laughs> him, shoot, you know, shoot whenever you get a chance. And when I, I talked to him after training this week and I said, walk me through the goal. And he's like, ah, you know, I can't really remember it, but I think it was a good goal. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to, we had to do the replay. So it just shows, you know, he just reacted in that moment, but he was in the right position. He was calm when he took the shot. And it's the same thing as Frankie. You could feel all the pressure in the world when Atlanta are down, when they have, you know, they had 10 men at the time, you're not getting a lot of clean chances. They did have chances, but for Frankie to get that, that shot and to take it, see Guzan was off his line, know that that's one of his weaknesses is that he comes out a little bit off of his line. So you can chip him, you can hit it in behind him. If you hit it high, Frankie saw that, recognized the opportunity and it shot and scored. 
No, yeah. And uh, the funny thing about the Yuya goal, so Frankie, as soon as he shot it, I realized that's going to get in because, you, like you mentioned, Guzan uh, was off his line, Brad Guzan was. But this goal against uh, the Red Bulls, I'm like, man, Yuya Kubo is taking his sweet time. Like, come on, put the ball in. Because there's three guys standing around him, and, it like, the angle's closing. And next thing you know, it's just like he punches it into the bottom corner. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Take your time, Yuya. Like, that's fine. <laughs> It's funny that you say that too about Frankie's goal. You said you knew it was going to get in. Saeed Bakati, the assistant coach here, has this thing where he just says, get in there, get in there. <laughs> and I think it's actually more of like an English thing. You know, Gary Walker, Jack Stern say it a lot. So now Saeed says it all the time. And they, they use this term all the time at, at team meals, whatever it is, you know, and they're going to go eat dinner, get in there. So I like that you mentioned that. It's, it's a good theme. Hey, a uh, quick shout out actually to Saeed. Uh, I, I put this out on Twitter the other day. So when we spoke to him uh, mm-hmm. and you interviewed him, you're like, hey, what, you know, what's one of your favorite moments with Yap? And I think you, like, we were both expecting something funny. And then he talked about a tactical thing. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, we're playing against Fulham in the championship playoffs. And I think the, what they were doing is they were crossing the ball in a lot. And yeah. so they switched tactically and then, um, they made them play through them and they couldn't do it. Well, Cincinnati did the exact opposite. Uh, so I was watching the game the other day. I was like, yes, this is exactly what Saeed was talking about. And then uh, I saw on Twitter, he liked the, the tweet. I got excited. <laughs> but um, anyway, more important thing is Tuesday night, FC Cincinnati playing Portland Timbers. That is tonight, 10.30 p.m. on ESPN. There's a lot coming up before that, obviously, because it is a late kickoff. There's a pregame show on Facebook Live, FC Cincinnati Twitter, and fccincinnati.com. Obviously, there's this podcast. There's plenty of coverage on our social media channels and fccincinnati.com. But it's another late game. Hopefully, there's not a lightning delay like the last one. No jinxing anything. Lots of coffee. (laughs) Yeah, lots of coffee. Uh, Teddy and AK. Was it AK last episode said he didn't have caffeine? Yes, yes, which is hilarious. I mean, as soon as we heard okay, this game is going to be delayed. I walked straight to the coffee pot. <laughs> like, this is going to be a late night. <laughs> Poor guy. If, if you need a nap, put this on, listen to it as well. But thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of Orange and Blue Review. As always, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play all host this podcast on their site. And we'll have plenty of coverage for kickoff. Again, FC Cincinnati and the round of 16 against the Portland Timbers. We'll see what happens, and thank you for listening. See ya.